everyone. Welcome to Decentralized with Cointelegraph, our podcast series that gives you the latest on the cryptocurrency digital asset market. Obviously, there's been no shortage of news these days. We've had bank collapses, alleged bank runs, and potentially U.S. regulators putting their grip on the cryptocurrency industry. So today, I have a very special guest. Uh, he's my colleague at Cointelegraph, uh, Gary Tenchkinson journalist with Cointelegraph's European news team, and I am Sam Borgi, business editor of Cointelegraph. So Gareth, uh, I wanted to kind of pick your brain today on what's happening in the cryptocurrency market, specifically uh, the fallout from SVB and the potential FDIC crackdown on the crypto industry. Uh, do you have anything to share with respect to why regulators closed down SVB and Signature Bank? And then perhaps we can have a chat about that. Yeah, definitely, Sam. Uh, great to join you on the podcast. Uh, second time doing Decentralized with Cointelegraph. Uh, I joined Christina, uh, our editor-in-chief, uh, about a month ago after the World Economic Forum. So it's always great to chat about what's happening in the industry. Obviously, the biggest news um, over the last week or you know, since the weekend was the failure of a number of banks that uh, mainly serve um, cryptocurrency um, clients, um, Silicon Valley Bank, one of them, and then of course Signature Bank, um, which serves the likes of Coinbase, Paxos Trust, uh, Celsius, to name but a few. And obviously, there's been a huge spotlight on the closure of these banks and uh, the effect that it had on the wider cryptocurrency ecosystem over the last few days. And I think the most pertinent question uh, that people are asking is, why did regula regulators close down these banks? Um, there's been a lot of rumors and, and talk about the, the reasons for this. Um, Signature Bank in particular apparently had a run on the bank, you know, with with some of their clients. This information has been pretty hard to um, verify. Last week, Friday, um, uh, I beg your pardon, actually, uh, on Monday, I managed to reach out to Signature Bank um, to try and clarify reports um, that a senior executive had said that there was no run on the bank. And uh, to to quote um, the information that was given to us, um, the, the the quote said, according to a senior executive at Signature, there was no run uh, bank run on Signature. Government just made it up to squeeze the cryptocurrency industry. I posed this question to Signature Bank, um, and they essentially declined to comment. And uh, they've now been taken over uh, in an interim manner by Signature Bridge Bank, which is obviously handling all the clients and all of the money that was at Signature Bank. And, uh, you know, they, they're kind of saying it's business as usual, and we're not going to comment on the reasons behind the closure of the bank. Um, the New York State Department of Financial Services said uh, they had closed down the bank mainly because it had failed to provide consistent and reliable data. Now, I mean, I'm no economic uh, expert. Um, I'm just a uh, journalist and I, and I ask questions, but this does leave a lot, you know, to be desired and a lot of questions unanswered, especially when a bank that is serving some major players in the cryptocurrency space has closed down and the effect that it's had on the wider markets is, you know, pretty plain to see. So I think the general public definitely deserves more answers to to what actually happened. And I think the wider cryptocurrency ecosystem wants to know, you know, if there's a target on our backs. And, uh, you know, I think I'd throw it over to you, Sam, just to, to pick your brain on that and how you've seen the situation over the last week, because it does kind of seem like there's been little to no information but the, the fallout has mainly hit the, the cryptocurrency space in particular. Yeah, I think for me, the 
real concern was the complete lack of transparency as to why these banks were targeted. I mean, it's very easy to say uh, there was, you know, we had talked about the, the duration mismatch in terms of the assets that SCB was holding, but the official announcements from FDIC didn't really disclose the exact reasons why these banks were shut down. I think that in general, most of us are aware now that the U.S. has taken a pretty negative approach to crypto and it's stymieing innovation in the sector. Um, even the SEC, which according to many, many people, many analysts, has overstepped its bounds with respect to regulating, has declared everything other than Bitcoin to be a security, more or less. And I think Gary Gensler has doubled down on that whole approach. So for me, it seems like the United States isn't the place to be with respect to digital asset adoption, digital asset industry growth, uh, business on the digital asset side. And if the regulators need to clap down like they are, I think we're just going to see a greater exodus from the U.S. to other markets. So when the regulatory environment is as uh, unclear as it is in the U.S., uh, that's going to make a lot of a lot of people nervous. And we're probably going to start to see more exodus from the U.S., uh, with respect to any kind of, of, of crypto-focused business. And this latest episode, I think, really demonstrates that. Yeah, I think you make a really good point there. And and if you look at some of the comments made by, you know, some influential people in America, obviously I, I, I tend to cover a lot more of European um, cryptocurrency news and, and my uh, understanding and, and knowledge of the um, American financial space is, is probably not as good as yours, Sam. But when people like ARK Invest mm-hmm. CEO, Kathy Wood, starts blaming federal policy in, in the US, you know, um, uh, for basically putting crypto in the crosshairs and, and, you know, doing what they can to kind of unsettle things. And uh, Tom Emmer, who's the majority whip of the United States House of Representatives, um, said, went as far as saying, you know, federal government is weaponizing concerns around the banking industry to go after crypto. I mean, these are, these are pretty influential people saying or, you know, criticizing government for um, creating instability. And, you know, it, it leads to the question, is that what they're doing? Are they really trying to make it as difficult or uncomfortable for cryptocurrency businesses to do business in the US that they need to go elsewhere? I mean, does the US really want to cut itself off from, you know, what we like to call the future of finance? I mean, you know, those are the questions I have in my head. Well, I also find it interesting that a lot of this is coming to a head as the Federal Reserve in the US and other central banks are raising interest rates. Um, I have always been of the opinion that the Fed will continue to hike interest rates until they break something. And it seems like now uh, financial stability is being threatened. You know, you have all these bond duration mismatches that have really affected uh, a lot of financial institutions and perhaps forcing the Fed to step back in again. So it was always interesting for me to see, you know, what shoe is going to fall with respect to rate hikes. And it seems now instability among regional or smaller banks is is one of the first dominoes to fall. And uh, so for me, that's really one thing to watch is how has the monetary policy actions of the Fed also influenced the market? Because for me, I'm, I'm well aware that the Fed has to raise interest rates uh, given the inflation mm-hmm. that it cost. You know, the arsonist uh, becomes the, fire, <laughs> the firefighter in that case. You know, the ones who contributed to the 40-year spike in inflation by printing money and creating an ultra-loose monetary environment and continuing it indefinitely, despite all the writings on the wall that this wasn't going to be sustainable, 
And now they've had to react in a almost unprecedented way by hiking interest rates. Now the terminal rate is back up about 4%. Uh, I think that's also played a role, but I also think we have to situate that within the broader context of the U.S. just simply is not crypto friendly. And it seems like they are picking and choosing uh, which companies uh, get to do business based on their exposure to, to crypto. Yeah, Sam, I don't know if you can just talk to the point of, you know, um, this the closure of, of, of Signature and, and SVB um, and the fact that they were serving quite a few big name, you know, cryptocurrency firms. I mean, Coin, Coinbase, probably the biggest out of all of them. What do those companies now do when, you know, their, their preferred banking partners has closed its doors? And, and from what we can see, um, federal government is saying, we don't want Signature Bank or whoever owns it in the future to be doing business with cryptocurrencies where where do these companies go do they set up their own banks do they you know um savannah fortis uh, one of our colleagues at uh, coin telegraph wrote an wrote an article in the last day or so just highlighting uh, the number of banks that are actually still serving um you know cryptocurrency firms and there, there's quite a few of them actually you know it's it's not it's not the case that there's no more banks left serving cryptocurrency firms anymore you've got uh you know as per the article, United, Texas Bank, Western Alliance Bank, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of New York Mellon. Um, there's quite a few guys that are, that are doing it there. Are all the cryptocurrency firms that are without a bank now going to be rushing to the guys that still have their doors open? And how long is it until those doors close? Well, that's a really good question because uh, I saw what Circle did. I mean, I think Circle, you know, given their exposure to SVB and we had the massive depegging of of the USD coin. I think they've since gone with uh, BNY Mellon, or they've opened up an account with BNY Mellon. So what you're really seeing with this is more consolidation among the big boys. You know, the whole idea is that competition is a good thing. But if you're in the US and you deal with a regional bank or a smaller bank, you know, why would you keep your money there? You know, why not now go to what's considered to be, uh, you know, one of the untouchable banks, you know, the ones that are systemically important. I think they're called SIBs, systemically important banks. These are the basically the ones who are too big to fail. Mm-hmm. And I think if those companies are still accepting crypto clients, um, you're probably going to see more of a migration there. I know the Fed came in and backstopped uh, SVB depositors. You know, at the last minute, they came in and said, all your deposits are guaranteed, regardless if it's above or below the 250000 threshold. But even then, at this point, it's like, there's there's so much uncertainty that you know your your best bet is to actually do business with one of the major yeah multinational banks right so so much for competition so much for a vibrant banking system no hundred percent I mean like you say if if they're saying no don't don't worry about your deposits you'll you'll be made whole I still think at the end of the day most of the firms that that have been left in that situation are going to be saying hey guys look thanks but no thanks we we don't want to stay with Signature and and if we Hard to believe some of the reports that are coming out now. It seems like uh, the future of Signature Bank won't be banking cryptocurrency firms. So they're going to have to go elsewhere anyway. I think that the, the writing is on the wall. Absolutely correct. And it's really interesting to see how you know Bitcoin and crypto prices have performed over the past week. When all this turmoil was happening, obviously Bitcoin took a dive. It took a dive with the broader financial sector. Banking stocks were getting pummeled. Bitcoin briefly fell below $20,000. But since the weekend, we've had a massive rebound. And it seems like the trend, the trend reversal from the bear market bottom that we saw late last year is still intact. Uh, What are your thoughts on Bitcoin's 
you know, rebound over the past few days. I know a few crypto skeptics, I think it was, uh, you know, that I saw online, uh, Nassim Talib being one of them, who had a really interesting tweet that the FDIC bailed out Bitcoin, you know, because they swooped <laughs> in and they bailed out SVP depositors, which kind of, you know, re, you know reinforced uh, the sense of stability, which allowed people to bid up Bitcoin. Do you think that's what's happening? Or do you think that Bitcoin has actually been a hedge against all this banking instability? That is a very interesting question, and I, I'm I'm not an you know I'm not an economics major, so a lot of this is is conjecture from my part. But um, uh, earlier this week, I wrote the breaking news story for Coin Telegraph um, after the CPI data came out of America, and and Bitcoin quickly shot up past twenty six thousand dollars, and we hadn't seen that in a little while, and it did kind of seem like you know. Um, Bitcoin was the hedge, you know, uh, mm-hmm. off the back of inflation data, but also off the back of um, these bank closures, you know, and and the massive uncertainty that came with um, USDC and Circle being directly influenced by, you know, the closure of uh, Signature Bank, you know, like a, a $3 billion worth of USDC, essentially fiat deposit was was trapped in the closure of those banks. And uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, even my mom messaged me and said, should I sell my USDC? You know, <laughs> these are the questions that were being asked. Um, and I, I found that quite funny. You know, I was like, mom, just relax. Don't do anything just yet. Um, you know, th- there was definitely a lot of panic. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, it was uh, Kathy Wood herself that said, um, the right. cryptocurrency industry did end up being the backstop um, and safe haven amid that, you know, those bank closures because people were saying, jeepers, we, we don't really know what to do here. Banks are closing. Like, where do we put our money? You know, over the weekend, banks are closed. You can't actually do anything. But if you can, uh, you could buy another stable coin or you could buy Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know, um, it, it did prove the the you know the the argument for a decentralized twenty four seven cryptocurrency came to the fore in that um, instance and it allowed people to to move some money around into assets that um, may have been a safe haven during during those uh, those very very uncertain times and I think you know we, we saw the price action in in my opinion I think that is what happened especially people that are a lot more um, crypto savvy and and trusting of of the asset class made a quick move and and tried to salvage uh, what they could uh, out of a very sticky situation. Yeah, stacking sats is still a pretty good hedge in my yeah. opinion. I, <laughs> I think the jury is still out on on Bitcoin being an actual hedge, even the correlation with the broader market over the past couple of years. But as we head into the next halving, I think that stacking sats is probably going to be a good idea. Now, I know that uh, Kathy Wood also more or less blamed Fed policy for what's happening, the fact that the Fed has raised interest rates. Interestingly enough, uh, the Federal Open Market Committee will meet next week for a pretty big meeting. The March meeting also has the quarterly economic projections where Fed officials get to use their now infamous dot plot chart where they get to forecast interest rates moving forward. Interestingly, a few year, a few weeks ago, it was all but a guarantee that the Fed would hike interest rates again in March. But now, if you go to FedWatch, the CME futures prices are implying that there's a, actually a pretty decent chance, according to traders, that the Fed will actually stand pat next week and not raise interest rates. I know Goldman Sachs has forecast that the Fed will actually not do anything next week. Um, so if that happens, if the Fed stands pat next week, which it's still... 
on the unlikely side, but it's more probable now, then you probably are going to see a, a pretty big spike in Bitcoin in the broader market, in my opinion. So something for everyone to keep in mind as we navigate this uh, just ridiculous, this ridiculous period in crypto. I mean, I thought 2022 was bad. I thought we were going to finally turn a corner, right, yeah. right, Gareth, after the crazy year we had last year. <laughs> Hundred percent. I I thought I thought as much, and um, uh, you know I think it's also just worth touching on being being in in Davos in January at the World Economic Forum. Uh, Circle was was one of the institutions that was kind of driving conversations inside the World Economic Forum. You know they were one of a handful of sort of cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, or uh, digital payment system providers that were, you know, having active conversations inside the World Economic Forum, you know, um, really becoming, you know, um, the trusted stable coin around the world. You know, USDT is is still, it, you know, still, I think, um, holds the majority of the market share in terms of, you know, uh, one-to-one uh, uh, US dollar backed stable coin. Um, but Circle and, and USDC had really, you know, um, become second best across the market and you know to see them be the one of the major you know victims of the closure of of svb and um was was quite astounding because i don't think anyone across the cryptocurrency ecosystem thought that uh, usdc uh, could be affected in in such a bad way you know for usdc to lose its peg i'll be honest like um i mean we a lot of people use stable coins um uh, you know, some of us in, in different cryptocurrency firms get paid in stable coins, you know, so um, it's 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 where you like to keep your money. It's supposed to be stable. And, and, you know, in the blink of an eye, it lost its peg. And last year we were talking about Terra Luna losing its peg. And now one of the trusted stable coins um, lost its peg. And it was due to decisions made by traditional financial institutions and regulators. So it really just makes you, you know, sit back in your chair and, and think a lot harder about how the industry works and how right. influential and how intrinsically tied the cryptocurrency markets are to mainstream finance at the moment and and if they should be more decentralized. You know, those are the kind of questions I'm thinking. And, and like you say, maybe you should be stacking more sets because oh. uh, stable coins are, are far more linked to traditional finance than we realize. Absolutely. And all this and Tether USDT is sitting pretty. Yeah. You know, that's the one rabbit hole that every new crypto yep. market on trend <laughs> goes down. You know, yes, you know, the USDT, is it backed? Is it, you know, is it fully backed? What's the status? You know, what are they doing with respect to, you know, its sister company? That's always a rabbit hole that yeah. goes down I've written, and down and down. I've <laughs> written many, many articles on on Tether and, and, and uh-huh. USDT over the last, you know, four years, five years that I've been working for Cointelegraph. And, uh-huh. and a lot of it, like you said, was very much focused on, you know, what is their reserves? Do they actually have, you know, these US dollars to back all the Tether, you know, the USDT tokens that they're minting? And then, you know, this latest debacle sees USDC um, DPEG and suddenly everyone's like, oh no, let's quickly swap back to USDT. They're sitting pretty, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've come full circle on decentralized oh. with Cointelegraph. <laughs> I think we can leave it at that. hundred <laughs> percent. Great. Thank you, Gareth. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Sam Borgi with Cointelegraph. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers, Sam. Cheers.